Hi, my name's Tina Waldron. Welcome to the podcast. Every week I look to interview someone that can help you share your faith naturally with the world around you. In 2023, I'm going to be interviewing people in Australia, also a few from overseas, and then there'll be a few weeks that I'll jump on myself and actually do a little bit of recording with some information that may help. If you're looking to do some coaching and evangelism or as a female in ministry or an online course this year in personal evangelism, please check out our website, evangelisminaustralia.com. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. Today I'm talking to Jeff Foland, who is a national leader with Power to Change Australia. And we're talking about the fascinating topic of evangelism, habits, not skills. Welcome to you, Jeff. Hello, Tina. Great to be here today. Fantastic to have you along. And I love this um, idea, this topic that we've got, that habits, not skills. And I love power to change. So tell us a little bit about them, because I've known of and intersected with power to change for probably 30 years, but you've been known as many, many names in Australia. So give us a bit of a, a background there. Yeah, so uh, we're part of what's now called Crew Global, which used to be known as Campus Crusade. We launched in Australia back in 1967 uh, under the name Lay Institute for Evangelism, which became Life Ministries. And then we became Campus Crusade for Christ Australia. And then about eight years ago, changed our name to Power to Change Australia. But I think we kind of forgot to tell people. so. (laughs) So many people don't know what our current name is, but that's who we are. Right, because there's kind of been Youth Ministries Australia has sat under your banner. There's been the the Jesus film, Student Life. That's right. And we've always been passionate, I think, about helping everyday Christians to make disciples, uh, to be able to share their faith and to do that using simple means. And I love that because that's what I feel like there's a great synergy with power to change in in our passion at EIA just to try and, you know, equip people in the nation. So it's really exciting. But habits, not skills. I love that because it's kind of challenging and releasing all in one. So let's let's talk about habits. So when we say habits, not skills, what are you thinking in your mind? Well, I'm thinking that uh, when I moved to Melbourne, so I grew up in Sydney, born and raised in Sydney, and uh, and I'd uh, been involved in the campus ministry there for 25 years, and I'd been doing evangelism and training students and even training our, our team members. I'd trained church members how to do evangelism, but I moved to Melbourne uh, two years ago, halfway through the lockdowns. And so I knew all about how to share the gospel and I knew you know, what the gospel is. But when I came to Melbourne, I had lost the habit. I didn't know anyone and it was really hard to get to know people. And so I just got out of the habit of looking for opportunities to share my faith. And it was only as I helped with or participated in some of the training that Power to Change was doing here in Melbourne at, at the time that I, I was reminded that uh, I'd lost the habit. So what I did was, yeah, just uh, start to be intentional about uh, reaching out to people around me again. Uh, and so often I think in our training, we focus on teaching people what is the gospel, which is obviously really important. And we teach them basic skills in how to communicate the gospel, which is really important. But Jesus doesn't teach us or say to us to teach disciples. He says, teach disciples to obey. And so actually putting things into practice is the real challenge I think that we face. 
uh, developing those lifestyle practices that take advantage of the opportunities that God brings around, uh, brings across our path every day. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think of habits and you can actually even get out of the habit of, like you're saying, wanting to even engage with the world around you. How did you get into developing, when you were in Sydney, you were in such a good rhythm, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for, such a good rhythm or such good habits of being outward focused. What were the type of things that you do to actually, I guess, embed an evangelistic habit or an evangelistic culture in your own life? Yeah, I think it's really important to have people around us who encourage us. So my wife is amazing. Uh, I find that I'm a fairly task-oriented person, um, but she actually likes people and hangs out with people. And you know, even though I was doing evangelism as part of my ministry on campus, uh, when I got home, I was it was very easy for me to not do that. But uh, during the the first year of lockdown, there was a whole group of neighbors who would go walking their dogs. And by being with my wife while we were hanging out with our neighbors, the conversations just naturally turned to what we did with our lives and what was important to us. And we ended up having all sorts of discussions. And so it was an encouragement that came from being with her. Uh, but then that meant that I was actually thinking and we could pray together and think together about, oh, what is it that this person said and how do we, how do we respond to that? And, uh, and so it just helped to keep it on our minds. And then uh, it didn't take very long for the people in the neighborhood, the dog, dog lovers in the neighborhood, for us to all form a bit of a community and it became a normal part of the conversation. Yeah, that's a great answer. So do you think that something that we could all do is just to develop a habit where we are engaging, walking and talking with our neighbours. Is that what you're saying? That's right. So one of uh, one of the stories I've uh, heard recently uh, was a lady by the name of Mary who was walking around her neighbourhood for exercise and through our training she started to uh, develop a habit to learn people's names on her walk because you see the same people doing the same circuits all the time and it's like, oh, there's that old guy. I, I don't know his name. I've never talked to him. But you kind of nod, wave, say hello. Well, she just said, um, maybe I'll just learn his name and then I can pray for him by his by name. And as she's walking, then she sees a new neighbor working in the front garden and she stops to say hi, yeah, hi and uh, introduces herself and learns a name. And it's amazing how once you have a name to a face, that, that just that very habit creates a different type of relationship uh, with somebody. Those sorts of habits become, uh, become bedrock or foundational to later opportunities to share the gospel. Yeah, and they're really, they're kind of relational habits, aren't they? But I've, I've never thought about it that way in terms of remembering the person's name. But yes, it, that might be obvious to quite a few of us. But for some of us, you might never think about that. Oh, the power of actually developing that habit of remembering somebody's name, how impactful that is when somebody actually calls you by name and knows who you are. That's right. So for me with the dogs, we were standing in the dog park talking to people and it was like, oh, I've got to know their names. And we used to have a bit of a joke that we knew the dogs' names, but we didn't know each other's names. You know? And it's like, oh, until I actually knew their name and, and which house they lived in and what they did for a bit of a living, you know, uh, how long they lived in the neighborhood, they start becoming well-rounded people and the relationship becomes stronger and, uh, and the trust level becomes higher. And you can say things that, that they don't, wouldn't hear from a stranger. 
Yes, absolutely. So it's very intentional, isn't it? If you want to develop habits when it comes to this a lifestyle of evangelism, there's a level of intentionality that we need to bring to it. That's right. It's like you do actually have to do some work when it comes to this reaching people for Jesus. Well, you know, it's uh, again in our training, we have a thing called a daisy diagram, which is uh, each of the petals of the daisy is a different area of your life. And we all know that we, we tend to segment our lives in our modern world, uh, but we can put then people's names in uh, under each segment, under each area, and we can be praying specifically for people. It's, it's a little bit like the old prayer triplets, you know, but instead of each each person praying for three people we might might, we might have a cluster of people we're praying for and looking to see where god is at work together and i think that's again when when we're hanging out together when we know that we're going to connect with somebody and uh from our from our group from our training on a weekly basis and and they're going to ask oh did anything happen this week well that keeps it front of center and for me that was a that was a big thing as i was moving to melbourne uh it was very easy to slip into bad habits of just keeping to myself. And I think lots of people in Melbourne felt that, uh, that uh, it was much harder to get to know your neighbours because, you know, moving into a new street was great, except you weren't allowed to go very far. <laughs> and nobody wanted to talk to someone that they didn't know at that point because it was all masked up. So That's very true. So I love these habits. So I want to um, kind of touch on, Jeff, I know that Power to Change have many resources and many tools that can help people and give people skills. But what I love about the My Friends training that you do, which I really hope people will um, go and check out, is that it really is around habits and it really focuses on um, habits of loving people, praying for people and, and caring for your friends. Now, we've just talked about praying and I think that's so important. If you have that habit of just remembering people's names and then actually taking the time, it sounds so simple but so difficult, Jeff, to pray for people. When you are encouraging people through the My Friends to pray for people, can you pray anyway or is there a set things that you encourage people to pray? What, what goes on there? The focus has been uh, when you're talking with someone, if they're if you're loving for loving them and caring for them, they'll share what their needs are. And at that point, you can ask if they would mind if you pray with them. Uh, sometimes they don't feel comfortable with that, but you can promise to pray for them um, uh, after that. And there was another person who was uh, sharing with me a story that because of the accountability of the group, uh, she was moved to pray for someone, and they were shocked. That, they, that she would be that they that she would offer to pray for them, but she she said she'd pray for them afterwards. I was talking with another uh, guy, Aaron, who was catching an Uber from the airport, and he was had a Muslim taxi uh, Uber driver, and he was sharing about some struggles that he had, and and so Aaron uh, asked him if he could pray in Jesus' name, and and uh, and the driver said yes, and so he prayed for him through these struggles. Just recently, I was looking to buy uh, my daughter a, a secondhand car, and we went to look at the car with this man who's uh, a migrant from Afghanistan. He was the one who raised with me about you know religious beliefs and so on, which was a fascinating start. But he was talking about the difficulties his brother had with his wife who just passed away because she couldn't get medicine in Afghanistan, and and his heart was broken. And so it's like just offer the pray. You know, can I pray for him? Can I pray for you in this situation? Yes, amen. Now, let me ask you the obvious. Why are we even praying for people? Like, what are we hoping is going to happen in those times? If we're encouraging people today, yeah, well, take, develop this habit 
to pray for people either there on the spot or or offer to pray later or and sit down in your own home or wherever and pray. What are we hoping for when we pray for them, Jeff? Yeah, that's a great question, Tina. I think there's a couple of things we're looking for. One is that if we tell people we're going to pray for them, that they'll actually uh, be alert to the work that God's doing in their life and they'll experience God at work in their life. And we know uh, that in a postmodern world, and I think there's still a lot of people who live in a postmodern world, even though we seem to be going perhaps post-postmodern, uh, but for them, experience is a really powerful apologetic. It's just as a powerful an argument for the existence of God as any rational argument we can provide. And so when we pray, we're trusting that God will actually reveal himself to them through that experience and that that will not uh, necessarily lead them to a full understanding of the gospel or that they'll respond in faith on the spot, but perhaps a heart that has been closed or a mind that had been closed, or someone who just hadn't even thought about it. Many, many Aussies go through every day of their life and never think about spiritual things at all. Uh, and so here we are offering to pray, and it's putting spiritual things on the agenda. And they can listen, they can then look out to experience God, and perhaps be moved to ask and the next question, uh, which is, what is all this about? You know, And that gives us an opportunity then to share the gospel with them. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I'm so glad I asked that question because you answered that so well. And it does, it's something that as Christians, it, it's a, I call it the super power edge that you you don't really see in other other areas, but we have this powerful thing called prayer where we can pray and God can answer and he can reveal himself, uh, awaken people enlighten people, as you're saying, to, oh, my gosh, maybe this this is even real. It does take a bit of faith, though, don't you think, to actually step out and even say to the person, can I pray for you? That's right. Well, in our own hearts, we're tempted to doubt that God would work. It is an expression of faith on our part that however he chooses to answer is uh, is his work in their life. But I also think it's a great way of us expressing care for somebody. We've all seen the, the pushback on social media now. Some, some event happens and it's like, um, thoughts and prayers are with you and people go, keep your prayers to yourself. You know, it's like, no, it's actually, that is a, but we don't want to just uh, write something on social media. We actually want to do it with someone in person because that's where they sense the genuine love and care that God's placed in our hearts for them. That's where our care is expressed. Yeah, it is. I, I 100% agree with that. And I think that that's the point of integrity. I think that's the heart of why we should actually pray for people. Let me just be really honest with you and ask you a question. I do struggle with that still when with comments like what you just said, and we pray, but we let God answer how he wants. I just wish he could answer how I want him to answer. <laughs> Yes, but then uh, then he wouldn't be gone, would he? He'd be. <laughs> That's true. He'd be a genie in a bottle for me. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And uh, I'm I'm glad he doesn't answer the way I want, uh, because uh, sometimes when you you know you get a bit further down the track and you think, oh, if that had turned out the way I'd hoped it had turned out, then that would have been a disaster. Yes, that's so true. It's so encouraging. So, yeah, we need to develop this habit of 
praying for people as part of our rhythm, as part of our habits of reaching out to the world around us. Now, I love the fact that you also try to encourage this habit of just loving people, you know, through the My Friends training. What does that even mean and what does it, what does it look like? Again, I, I was casting around for some recent stories, you know, and uh, one of our one of our leaders, Tim, he's just a great guy in his local neighbourhood, uh, as well as, and he really lives this out. And he he was just sharing about uh, one of the the guys in his neighbourhood he met, who's going through a, a really difficult divorce. Um, it's a really acrimonious divorce, and it's really shaken the guy. So Tim is just walking with him through that, encourage you know, supporting him and encouraging him and you know the foundations of this guy's life have been torn apart and so suddenly he's he's questioning a whole bunch of things that he just assumed were true before and when when that happens then he's open perhaps to new ideas uh there might be new truths that he hadn't considered and so he's really starting to explore spiritual things for the first time in his life Mm, just through that practical um, application. I, I think what you're saying to me is if I want to develop a habit of loving people, there has to be some action on my behalf to find out or listen or know enough about the people around me to know the needs so that I can actually offer some support. That's right. I, I was listening to uh, the psychologist Henry Cloud, Christian psychologist, and he was talking about how we bond with people. And he said, Bonding is about letting down our defenses and making ourselves vulnerable. I know for me, uh, sometimes I can come across as a fairly competent, you know, guy who's independent. Uh, and some of the ways that I have expressed love to people the most has been actually to express my own needs. You know, I need help with this or I'm really struggling with this. And when you take that first step of expressing vulnerability, then they can respond. Often people respond in kind. If we only ever say, oh, yeah, how you doing? Fine. You know, then you accept the answer that life is fine. Then you'll never actually find out what people's needs are. But sometimes they don't know. You can, it's called sort of an offer response. If you offer some sense of vulnerability yourself, then they may choose to offer some vulnerability back. But if we just seem to walk through life, you know, uh, with you know, floating six inches off the ground and disconnected from everyone else's reality because our lives are so great, then they're not going to ever reveal to us what their needs are. And I know I've got plenty of brokenness in my life <laughs> that I need people's help with. It's so true, Jeff. But you know, if I look back to my younger years as a Christian, although you know I'm still very young, thank you, but my younger years, if I look back to that, I wasn't so excited about sharing my vulnerabilities or I I felt like as a Christian I really should have it together. Do you think that that's a mindset that stops a lot of people from being vulnerable? I think it uh, it was in the past, but I think today uh, we really value authenticity and I think authenticity is uh, admitting to those areas where we're struggling. There's appropriate levels of disclosure, right? So there's, there's things that somebody might be struggling with that you that you know that the other person is not going to be helped by you sharing that. But uh, I'm at a stage of life now where you know, I've got uh, teenage kids and it seems like uh, every person I know who's a parent of teenagers is experiencing struggles. And particularly, I think this generation of teenagers are, uh, are really doing it tough. And so the parents are doing it even tougher. And so... 
to be able to share the struggles that I have as a parent uh, are really with with other people who are going through the same thing uh, is not a sense of um, you know I've got it all together and anyone who looks at my family would say <laughs> we don't have it all together <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so true I'm, I'm the parent of a teenager as well and yes I, I feel your pain right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we need a support group for us uh, parents of uh, teenagers with social media accounts and and uh, yeah, so lifestyle issues. Yes, exactly. So yeah, some good habits. So I love this because I can develop habits. So not focusing so much when it comes to evangelism on the skills, although those are important. And I'm certainly not saying we don't need no skills, but I think that if those are going to be effective, the skills that we have. Well, we have to be uh, developing habits because I don't want to end up um, like that situation where you were expressing yourself. You moved to Melbourne and you felt like you just got out of the habits or the rhythms. So I'm going to drop some information into the show notes how that you can stay connected with Jeff and Power to Change. Particularly, I want to highlight the My Friends um, training that Power to Change do and the developing of those habits of loving, of praying and, and caring for people. But Jeff, just give me like two things. Say, Tina, this is, I want you to develop, focus on your habits, Tina, of reaching the world around you. I want you to go today from this interview with me and here's two things I want you to focus on. What would you say to me? I would say, uh, firstly, find some people who are going to support and encourage you to keep focused on evangelism. Uh, on sharing your faith because uh, it's we've all had that experience of we've been revved up, uh, ready to go out. You know, it's it's almost like we've we've been fed red meat and then sent out into the you know into the wilderness. Um, but it's very easy to fade, uh, to get discouraged or get distracted. And I think we all face that distraction in our current world. Uh, and so finding some people who you have a rhythm of meeting with regularly and encourage encouraging each other in what's happening. And then the second thing is to make that list of names of people that are in your life. And there's lots of people in our lives, but people that, that we uh, see somewhat regularly, perhaps, and then uh, pray and ask God for who is it that he's asking you to to pray for, to focus on. The old days of, uh, as I said, the prayer triplets are just three names. It may, be, it may be three names, it may be five names. I don't think we want to limit uh, limit what God might do. But uh, let's pray and ask him to open our eyes to the opportunities around us with these people and even to pray for what the next step might be for somebody. Uh, maybe we know, we know they're going through a tough time and we can reach out to them. Um, you know, somebody heard about a tough time I was going through recently and they, they told their daughter and their daughter baked us some treats and sent them to me, as, sent them to my family. And I was like, that's wonderful, you know. And this is Tim again. He, I know that he has that habit. Of, uh, of reaching out and and uh, he was coaching one of his neighbors who was a Christian. She just moved into the neighborhood and she said, I can't do evangelism. He said, well, can you bake a cake? Well, you know, I know there's a single mother over there who's just, you know, would love a treat like that. And so so this new neighbor and the, this Christian lady took the uh, the cake over to the to the single mother and the single mother was like, so what's this about? And and when she heard about it, she started asking spiritual things. And this lady who, this Christian lady who didn't think she could do evangelism was uh, suddenly presented with an opportunity where she couldn't really escape the opportunity uh, to talk about her faith. So I think it's that, you know, that people who are going to meet with us, encourage us, um, 
keep us accountable and then be thinking and pray, prayerfully considering who God might be, might have placed in our lives and what we could do for that next step with them. Mm, I love that. I'm going to do that. I love it. I love it. I feel challenged. Nobody wants to eat my baking, though. That's the, that's my problem, Tina. I've got to find something else more useful to do. <laughs> I feel really challenged today, and I feel like what you've um, discussed, Jeff, I can do it. And so I'm hoping today as a listener that this also has been helpful for you. So I'm going to drop into the show notes all the, the links to stay connected to powertochange.org.au and also to everything that we've been discussing today. So Jeff, thank you so much for your time. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks, Tina. It's been wonderful. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Don't forget to check out onmissionwithgod.com. Love to see you in the course this year. Have a great week and see you next time. We're here to tell a story.